Because of uh, Thanksgiving this week, I really kind of got on this um, kind of this remembrance kick where I was trying to pick out the most epic meals I've ever had. You know, we went to we went to um, we went to uh, Frankenmuth for my family, and uh, my brother came in from New York, and my family came up from downstate, and and we gathered together at Frankenmuth at the Bavarian Inn, and and we had we had roasted chicken, and which I think was better than the turkey, honestly, and uh, and we had uh, we had buttered noodles and all the different kinds of salad and the bread, and then the stolen bread that we paid for. It wasn't stolen; it really was. <laughs> stolen bread, but it was good stuff. And, and, and you, you, epic meal, right? I mean, it probably, our, our friends who just got back from Hawaii, you probably had an epic meal over there, I would imagine. You probably had some Thanksgiving poi this year, right? You want to add poi to their things? You want to have poi before? Did, did you have poi in, th- in there? Did anyone dare to eat that? Okay, uh, never mind. Go, go ahead and Google it when you get home, and you can all have it next week. Instead of communion, we'll serve poi, and no one will come at all to the service. No, well, I, was thinking through, I was thinking through epic meals, and, 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 and you know, like my, my wedding reception, I'm thinking of some of the meals I had when I traveled, sharing meals with new friends, thinking about, uh, you know, going to places that I've never been before, tasting foods for the first time and really enjoying it. There's a Mexican restaurant in, in Indianapolis that we just loved, and, and we would go in there, we'd be the only uh, white-skinned people in the place, and, and we'd have to bring someone with us as a translator, and you knew the food was going to be good, right? And, uh, and so we, we remember these places, but I honestly, if I really think about it, the, the best meals, the most fulfilling experiences happen not because of how good the food is, but how hungry I am before I eat the food. Because I remember some epic meals. Either I'm working really, really hard in the morning, and I don't even think about, about lunch, and then all of a sudden it hits about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm just starving, and then I go to Taco Bell. And it's the best meal I've ever had, right? You, you guys know what I'm, I'm feeling, this, this idea of hungriness. Now, there's also this other part of hungry, hunger within me that also produces another emotion. And my wife calls it when I'm hangry, you know, I'm so hungry, I'm mean. And usually I say something and she says, go eat something. And I say, I'm not angry. I'm not hungry. And she's like, here, eat this. And I don't want this. How dare you say this? Hi, honey, you're so sweet and awesome. You know, I don't know what's wrong with me. I've got some messed up things in my head. But definitely true with the hunger we feel versus the, 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 the epicness, if that's a word, of the meal that we partake in. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to share a meal today, the Lord's Supper. We're going, to, we're going to talk a little bit about meals, but I want you guys to focus in on two main concepts. The first concept is, when have you been the most hungry? And I'm not necessarily talking about food, but that's the place you need to start. Because all of us have a deep hunger for something. And some of us find that in food. And some of us are drawn to certain things. And, and some of us go down a path of real selfishness and, and, and ultimately sin and brokenness because we chase a hunger. We chase, we want this, and nothing's going to stop me. 
I deserve this because I feel this hunger, this emptiness inside me, and this will satisfy me. If I only could get this, if I only could get that, if I only could get this person, if I only could, could get this thing, if I only could get this job or this position, we have this hunger, this drive, this desire. But on the other side of that, recognizing what we're hungry for, recognizing what's inside us, recognizing this emptiness inside us and how we want to be filled is also something God places in us. He places an emptiness inside us and says, come to me and let's fill that. And how do I know that? Because there's a Jesus story with, I think, the most epic meal in all of the Bible. What would that be? If you were to think the most epic Jesus meal in all of the Bible, you would think feeding of the 5,000. You guys got it, all right? Some of you said the Lord's Supper. Some of you just said Jesus, which is always the right answer. I understand that. We're in church. Um, but, but I'm talking about the feeding of 5,000. You guys know this story, right? Well, let's read it. Let's read it. This is what it says, okay? This is Mark chapter 6. It says then, okay, Jesus is wrapping up his ministry in Galilee. He's, he's not going to do a lot of miracles, a lot of things. This is kind of the mark of the end of his ministry and his work in Galilee. The rest of this, he's going to go up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He's going to go to Caesarea Philippi, and, and, and he's going to be focused on his main purpose of coming, which is on the cross. But before he gets there, he has this. Now, this is a unique story. It's, a, it's the only story out of the passion and the resurrection that's found in all four Gospels. But this is Mark's account. This is what he says. Mark says, then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking about his disciples and himself who are serving and teaching and doing marvelous things amongst the people of this series of Galilee and Capernaum and Bethsaida and all the areas around there. And, and as they gather, there's so many people that the disciples forget to eat. Jesus forgets to eat. And they face this hunger. They face this physical response saying, you need to do something to fill an emptiness inside you. So they get away. They hop in a boat, they kind of go around the mountain to a shore that they know is going to be a quiet place, and they know that there's a Taco Bell there. I'm adding a little bit to the story, but this is what they did. So they went away by themselves to a boat to a solitary Taco Bell. It's a place, sorry. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. You have this printed in your, in, the, in your bulletins. If you want to take this out and just circle this one word right here, it says, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came and said, this is a remote place. They said, it is already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, well, you give them something to eat. Well, they responded to Jesus, that would take more than a half a year's wages. And we, are we to go and spend that much on bread and give them to eat? Is that what you want us to do, Jesus? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. So they went and they found out. They said, we have five and we found two fish. Jesus directed them to have them all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. 
He sat them down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looks up to the heaven. He gave thanks, and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Now, this is a story you all know. If you went to Sunday school, you could picture this on the flannel graph. You know this story, right? You've heard this before. But what was interesting to me is this story begins at a different place than what my Sunday school teacher taught me. It begins with hungry Jesus and hungry disciples. They are hungry. Now, it's very interesting to me. The disciples, I think I could could kind of uh, kind of sympathize a little bit, empathize with them, because I feel like they kind of got this hangry attitude, just like I would have, right? What do you mean we got to feed them all? What do you mean all these people are here? What do you want us to do? Spend all our money? I mean, I can understand that. I love Jesus's response to his hunger, though. Did you catch it? Now, this is very interesting. I want you, I want you to grab a hold of this. Can we go back to that phrase? The one I had you, you circle there. He had compassion on them. Now, this is so key, and Mark draws this out in the Greek, and you can't catch it in the English. So let me kind of, kind of give you an idea. This word here, he had compassion on them, is one of my favorite Greek words to say. It's splogkinizomai. You ready for that? You really want, to, want, to, want to practice that one? You just say splogging, okay? Jesus went splogging, and, and he, the splogkinizomai literally means there was something rumbling in his gut. Jesus was having those hunger sounds. You know when your tummy's talking? It always happens at church, right? And you always blame it on the person next to you, right? Oh, that person needs to eat. You know, you try to suck it in. You know, if you suck it in, it actually causes more sound, by the way. So you let it out, right? So don't let it out. That's, that's probably the long way you go. All right. Better out than in, right? Jesus is having this movement in his stomach. He's having something move him down here. You've faced this before when you're hungry. There's something down here that tells you to move, to go, to do something about it. But what, but what he says here, he's drawing on a, a concept culturally that you can't pick up on. Because in the culture, they didn't feel this was only where they told you where you were hungry or not. This told you where you loved people or not. They believed it was from the belly that love came from, that passion and compassion came from. This is where it came from. This is why the food is so driven in the Middle East. If you love someone, you give them something to eat because it comes from here. Now, we think this moved a little north to our heart. We would say our heart breaks for that person. Our heart is moved for that person. I got to do something for that person. And isn't it amazing? Jesus is hungry. There's a natural response, a natural emptiness, a natural desire within him. And Jesus says, I want to help them. I want to, I want something for them because they're lost. They're like a sheep without a shepherd. So amazing to me. In fact, as we get to a point of talking about being thankful, first thing I want you guys to wrestle with is what breaks your heart? 
What messes you up? What keeps you up at night? Is it something for you? Is it something to fill your desire? Or is it something for someone else? When we went to the Middle East, to Jordan, we actually visited one of the worst uh, uh, areas in all of Jordan. And the people there are poor. Um, they're hated by the, by the dominant culture. They're not respected. And it's super, super dangerous. I mean, there's people from uh, terrorist groups that have come out of this uh, village. I mean, it, it is not a safe place. But our, our partners there go into this place to share the love of Jesus and to be, communicate the love of Jesus. It's awesome, and, and they're great. And we went to partner with them. Even though it was a little dangerous for us, we wanted to go and show our support. So I went with them, and we, you know who went with us. And my friend Lenny back there, who, who's uh, on the computer today, went with us. And, 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 and it was amazing to me, because I had been there before, but he hadn't. And as we got back to our, our place where we were staying, we, were, we, we lay down at night and the lights are turned off. And, I, and, he, and he says, Shane, I'm, I've got a problem. I mean, What's wrong, Lenny? He's like, going to that place really messed me up. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to do with this. I mean, I, 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 they, they, they need so much, and I have so little, and I don't know what to do, and I don't speak the language, and I don't honor the culture, but they need something, and I pray for them, and I just, I just don't know what to do. I'm I, I, I messed up here. And like a good pastor, I said, good. <laughs> here's what I said. I said, let it mess you up. Let it keep you up at night. Let it drive you and bother you. Let it, let it rumble deep inside you. Because that is the place that churns and begins to move and creates eventually, as we read in the story, something miraculous. Something you can't do on your own. So what breaks your heart? What messes you up? What keeps you up at night? I love that Jesus saw them. And even though he was hungry, Mark says, his hunger was for them. So, <laughs> his disciples come up to him and say, hey, it's getting late, Jesus, and we hungry, and they hungry, and we got no food. So let's send them all back to their homes and let them buy their food. And Jesus says, well, why don't you guys give them something to eat? And I love their thought is always to money, okay? And I don't think they were thinking that they didn't have the money because they were ready to do it. They just wanted Jesus' permission to spend the money on that. But isn't it amazing that he says, you give them something to eat, and their first thought is, we can't do that because it's too much money. It's too much resources. And I love that Jesus says, why are we talking about money? He goes right back to bread, right? But they say, listen, that's a year and a half of what we would make. You want us to go blow that all in one time just to feed these people? You can hear their hangriness, right? And Jesus says, well, what do you got? What kind of loaves do you got? Do we have any food? Now listen, listen, listen. Your heart breaks. You're able to recognize that. And then Jesus says, what are you going to do about it? 
And your response is, I can't do anything. I'm just me. What am I going to do? Spend a year and a half wages just to help this person or do this thing? And then Jesus says, no, 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 no. What do you got on you today? What do you have with you right now? And I don't think he's talking about money, guys. He's talking about relationships. Who do you know? He's talking about past experiences, the things that you think are terrible, those mistakes that you made that no one else knows about and you kind of hide. He says, what about those? Because I could redeem those and you could help because of those. What do you have on you right now? Guys, this is, this is key. Because I think in this moment, they said, well, let's look. Let's see what we have with us at this moment. Let's see what we have in our hands. Let's look into our lives at the moment and say, okay, God, what do you, what can I give you? Not what can I get to give you, what do I have on me right now? Do you know that you are unbelievably blessed? Just by the fact that you're born in America pretty much makes you wealthy as far as the world is concerned. The, the, the world says that if you have a place, a safe place to sleep tonight and you have a vehicle then you're rich. And if it's a GM or a Ford, you're really rich, right? The world says that if you have a safe place to sleep and a vehicle, then you're in the top 5% of wealth in the world. Guys, we're, we're loaded. And I'm not talking about money. We, we look out on you. Look at, the, look at the abilities that are in this place. Look at the skills that are in this place. Look at the heart that are in this place. So Jesus says, okay, what do you got? Here's what we got, Jesus. Oh, by the way, Jesus, we found five breads. Oh, and someone mugged a kid and took two fishes. So we're good. We got more than enough. <laughs> he says, bring it here. Takes the bread. He breaks it. Now, this is key. And he thanks God very important. Why do you think that Jesus thanked God? Because here's, here's an interesting thing for me. I think it's an all, all awesome miracle that 5,000 people got fed, but I think it's really, really amazing. I mean, it's, it's sort of amazing that 4,987 4, got fed but I think it's really, really cool that the 13 other men got fed too. Do you, do you see what's happening? This is a story not about 5,000 people getting fed. This is a story about hungry disciples. This is a story about disciples knowing what's inside them and learning from Jesus about him, his heart breaking, not for food, not for physical things, but for other people. And then when they say, okay, this is what we got, Jesus says, thank you as a way to show them whatever you got, thank God for it. Whatever you find in your hands, those relationships, those past experiences, those things that you don't want anyone else to know about, those, those things that are awesome, your family, your job, your house, your church, your neighborhood, 
All of those things, yes, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God because there's something about the thankfulness. There's something about when you turn your focus around what you have and you don't say, wow, look at all that I've got, but you say, God, it's all yours. Thank you. Something happens in that moment. And it's miraculous. It's supernatural. 5,000 men got fed. That's a lot of people. I don't know why they didn't count the women. Probably because the men ate more. (laughs) Guys, if you want God to do something miraculous in your life, you look at what you got and you say, okay, God, this is what I have. This is what I have right now. Thank you. And then you go do something about it. So this Christmas season, we're going to give you opportunities to do something about the compassion that we feel. We, we believe so deeply in the DNA of this church that we are not here. Christmas is not for us. It's for us to give away. So we've got simple things. They're not easy, but they're simple things that you can do. We can, you could buy gifts and give them, and they'll definitely go to people through Davison schools that need Christmas, that aren't going to have Christmas unless you step up. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you, God, for that partnership. We're going to have the opportunity for you to buy a $35. That's a lot of money for some people. I get it. $35 to buy light for someone in Haiti. Thank you for that partnership. Thank you for that opportunity. We're going to have for you to go to the dollar store and have a shopping spree at the dollar store buying soap, washcloths, and hand sanitizer. I know it's glorious. Some of you clean freaks are going to love it. Go there and bring it in here and we'll package those up and we'll send them to the people that need it. That will make a difference in a family's life, in a child's life. And we've got other ways for you to be involved. Ways for you to initiate the miraculous that's right in your hands today. So we're going to practice it. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Here's, here's how it's going to happen, okay? In a moment, we're going to pass out the bread that we usually use for the Lord's Supper. If you've never done this before, welcome to the experience. It's going to be fun. Kind of walk with us, okay? Okay? Now we practice open communion here so everyone can participate as long as you believe Jesus Lord of your life. So you're welcome to do this today, okay? Now, here's the important part. We're going to pass out a piece of bread. Now, let me tell you, okay? I splurged on the bread, okay? I bought good bread. I went to Meyer and bought the best bread that they had on sale. <laughs> and you, every person today is going to get a nice, big hunk of bread. Okay? That's a big piece of bread, right? Now, I tried to predict what would be like a five or four biter, and I think that's kind of what I was going for. Now, some of you see that as a challenge, and you say, I could take that in one and a half. (laughs) Don't do that, okay? Five bites. And here's what I want you to do. One bite and say, thank you, God, for something that's in your hands, that's in your life. Thank you for my family. I want you to take another bite. Thank you for the resources you've blessed my family with. Let me give them back to you. 
you take another breath. Thank you for the relationships that I have, the job that I have, the neighborhood I live in. Thank you. Thank you for, for the, the, the car that I drive. Let me use that for you. Thank you. Thank you for the past that I had, the terrible things that I've done in the past and those terrible things that I, that I don't want to tell you. Thank you for those because I know that you will turn my misery into ministry. You'll, you'll swap that. You'll turn that around and use that for good. Thank you for the encounters that I have on a daily basis with strangers. Thank you for the abilities that you've given me, the gifts that you've given me. Guys, I just did like seven. There's your cheat sheet. You can definitely do this, right? You got this. So we're going to take bread. And we're going to practice thankfulness. We're going to speak it out loud with every bite. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then we're going to take the cup. And the cup we spent all the money on the bread, so the cup's just small. <laughs> it's just a taste. But know this, when, when you drink the cup, it symbolizes, it makes you remember the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. When his body, the bread, and his blood was spilled for you. And, and know this, all those things that, see, that think you that disqualify you for the miracle that God wants to do through you, all those things that you say that I can't do this because of blah, 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 because of this, because of this mistake, because of this past, because of my insecurities, because of my inabilities, because of this, 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 all of that, all of that is covered with the blood of Jesus. By drinking the cup, you say, God, when you see me, you don't see me the way I see me. You see the miracle that's going to happen through. You see the love that'll flow through me to the kingdom around you. You see the glory that I get to give you by sharing your love with others. You ready? You ready? Who, who's helping us today? If you're helping, come on, come on forward. Come on forward.